Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But uh, Lost was one of the best TV shows of all time. Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And we're here to talk about Season 2, Episode 9, What Kate Did. So, just to start off, we've gotten, you know, letters, voicemails, texts. I mean, the whole the whole thing. Everyone was pretty upset at how audible my cat was in the last episode. Some people loved it, though. Yeah, and some people loved it. And so I thought, well, what, a, what about, what if we took this mistake and we made it... We made it part of the show. And what if we actually got Sally to be a third host on the show? Yay. And uh, she refused because she oh. doesn't want to watch Lost, I guess. Uh, she says she will only watch prestige television. She actually, she does have a Mad Men podcast that uh, she has not let me guest on, which is kind of disappointing. But anyways. Um, that's so like Sally. I know, that's just like her. And she's... Uh, you know, that's that's the way it goes. I think that she needs to really learn to appreciate the like kind of pulpy elements of uh, network television. But, uh, you know, what can you do? Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Season 2, Episode 9, What Kate Did. Original title, of course, Damn Girl, What That Kate Do. Maybe, I mean, this is... It's hard to imagine that they're going to introduce a character or reveal a character's backstory that will have more daddy issues than this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's impossible. This We have our work cut out for us on this episode. This is the daddy issue episode, and it's it doesn't include it in the title, like all the best cowboys have daddy issues, but boy, oh boy. Yeah, Emma, first yeah. impressions on this one. How are you feeling about it? I like this episode. And I do too. I think... It's positively Lynchian in so many <laughs> well, ways. It's specifically Lynchian in a couple ways. And I actually, I have I have a pitch for you later on that I want to see how you think about it. Um, oh, good. That for something that they could have done uh, different. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think this was a good episode. I, it, I Kate episodes up until now have been not great. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the writers knew, I mean, they, they knew reception, the reception that the episodes got, obviously. And I think that they probably figured out like, Hey, we teased out what Kate did way too much, um, yeah. with the little toy airplane, of course, managing to complain about that is one of this podcast's, uh, pastimes. <laughs> so I'm thrilled that we get to do it this episode. Yes. Uh, the... Uh, so they they kind of just went the complete other direction and were like, okay, we're going to tell you within the first five minutes of the episode what she did, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. I'm glad. I mean, Lost can be pretty stingy with reveals, so I'm glad that we did get that out of the way. They also gave her so much to like chew on to Evangeline mm-hmm. Lilly. Like, the her flashbacks have been so bad up until mm-hmm. now, and like. She really is doing the best that she can with them, but I feel like this one's actually a good one for her. Like, mm-hmm. she finally yeah, this gets is... a little justice in that department. It's it's compelling the whole way through. I still, uh, we'll we'll, um, we'll talk about it when we get there, obviously. But the Marshall showing up still makes me want her flashbacks to be more like fugitive esque, where she gets to yeah. you know, it's like showing her outwitting the Marshall in different ways, or 
or, you know, her coming into town and trying to, you know, make a life or something somewhere and then realizing she has to move on, something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is a good start for that kind of thing. Um, Who knows if we'll get it in the future. But yeah, I think this is overall a pretty good episode. Definitely the best Kate one we've gotten so far. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, yeah, let's let's jump in. Then this episode aired November thirtieth, two thousand and five. It was directed by Paul Edwards, who has done a lot of TV. The he also directed the movie Man on Fire, starring uh, Denzel Washington. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm-mm. I have not. And then it was written by uh, Stephen Maeda, who was credited on Adrift, and Craig Wright, who was credited on Orientation, uh, both this season. And this is actually the last episode that they will receive writing credits for uh, for the rest of the show. Yeah, starting off, we start off... Actually, in this episode, maybe remember, we have not gotten an eye-open episode in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I don't... Yeah, I don't know if that's on purpose or what, but... Um, this episode starts off with um, uh, Jin, Daniel Day Kim... A man who previously snapped at his wife to button her top button mm-hmm. on her, like, librarian frock mm-hmm. um, is stepping out of his tent shirtless. He, he has just had, more than anyone on the planet, Jin has just had sex. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they, they, I mean, it's it's really great. It's just a nice, him coming out of the tent, sun comes up and you know, kind of, uh, hugs him from behind, um, Hurley gives him a thumbs up, uh, because his tent is, of course, like, 20 feet away, and we, but we get a kind of, uh, somber note, too, as Sun sees, uh, uh, Saeed digging Shannon's grave, Mm. um, and I just mentioned that because it is weird that if there had been a scene where, like, he said that he had to be the one to dig the grave, I could buy that for sure, that seems, like, right up his wheelhouse, um, Mm. But uh, very weird that people are letting him just do it solo. <laughs> Seems like maybe yeah. someone should head over and be like, hey, I grabbed this hollowed out log. Let me uh, help you shovel as well. But yeah, back in the hatch, Jack is taking care of Sawyer. Um, and Sawyer starts to whisper, uh, saying, where is she? And that he loves her. And Jack, of course, uh, assumes he means Kate, which I guess he does. Which I don't really understand. I still don't... I mean, maybe that's the point of the episode, is for it to be ambiguous. I don't understand. Is this supposed to be Sawyer? Is this supposed to be Wayne? That's the one thing that I was like, meh. My personal uh, preference for how to view this is that it is never Wayne at all. Right. Um, And it's just Kate letting herself think it, because otherwise I don't don't really understand. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll talk about it more once we get more into Wayne. Uh... We see Kate grabbing mangoes from a tree, and this, I think, definitely has to be the scene that we we had talked about in season one with the stunt coordinator that didn't let her put the moleskin on her arms to protect them. Mm-hmm. Um, she really, like, she has, she almost falls and then, like, grabs, and it really, like, honestly zooms in on her forearms, and you can really tell that she does not have any protection there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine she scraped a, her arms pretty good on that. So if I had to guess, I didn't look up who the stunt coordinator was, um, mostly because I didn't want to, you know, <laughs> be casting aspersions on this 
uh, podcast if mm-hmm. that was if this wasn't the episode, but I kind of think it is. But yeah, she uh, she drops some mangoes, goes down to grab them, and she sees a black horse uh, inexplicably in the middle of the jungle, and then it it runs off. So okay, so Lynchian I mean, just, part number yes. one. Yeah, full ripoff, right? Just like full absolute rip-off. ripoff of Twin Peaks with the <laughs> white horse. And not to say that you can't use horse symbolism. Obviously, there's it's not like Twin Peaks invented that. But it just like the horse, not where it's supposed to be, the framing of it even, it mm-hmm. all feels very much like Twin Peaks. Yes. Uh, I also, I did Google, can horses be in the jungle? Yeah. Um, just because I was curious, like, can a horse walk That's around? A good Seems question. like that would all be soft earth. Um, yeah. But, I mean, horses can walk around on all kinds of stuff. It's not like, you know, I guess it's... Anyways, I didn't get a definitive answer, I guess is what I'm saying. So maybe, maybe horses can be in the jungle. I mean, obviously, not natively, but... Yeah, now I want to go on, like, a deep dive Wikipedia search about horses. Like, why did they oh, graduate man. from the <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't open that, but... Well, you know. <laughs> uh, Kate is playing in our first flashback. Mm-hmm. Kate is playing with a lighter outside of a rambler, foreshadowing, um, mm-hmm. when a truck drives up and the guy who gets out of it is wasted. He is stumbling. He can barely stay upright. Um, he immediately starts kind of hitting on her. And mm-hmm. um, it was it's unclear to us who he is at this point. So... She leads yeah. him to bed, and um, he starts to get a little rapey. Like, it escalates, and he... Yeah, not great. Yeah, real gross. Um, he keeps calling her beautiful and grabbing her and wants her to take off his pants. Um, mm-hmm. But she puts him to bed, and then after putting him to bed, Kate gets on her motor- motorcycle and leaves. Okay, lynching mm-hmm. part two. And yes. that's true. I didn't catch that. That's a good point. Her um, forehead's not big enough to uh, double for James exactly, but yes. That's so true. But um, once she is out of view on her motorcycle, the entire house explodes. And mm-hmm. um, looks great. It does look great. Uh, she goes to a diner. And... I wanted to say on that first part yeah. of the scene. So. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my lovely mother got me the season two DVDs for Christmas, um, for Lost. And so I've been listening to the commentaries on it. Mm-hmm. And for this episode, they had to both teach her how to use the lighter and teach her how to drive a motorcycle. She's like, yeah, I had to like learn two things for this scene. So I guess she had never used a lighter before. I didn't know how. That seems easier than a motorcycle the motorcycle like, oh my goodness yeah i think they said for this scene she actually was not driving it but then later on she will be mm. yeah pretty well kate by the way does not strike me as a motorcycle person no um seems very out of character mm-hmm. what um, do you think her character should drive she feels like a uh what's the word like an electric car like a prius type thing oh that's the that's the kate vibe i get i was going to say like a like a seventies like muscle car that she fixes oh, up yeah, herself. Oh yeah, that probably that's that's good too. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would be part of it is that she fixes it up herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to say on uh, Wayne because this is, to my knowledge, I think this might be the only time. 
I think for sure this season that we see Wayne, um, mm-hmm. and he gets talked about throughout this episode, of course, uh, not super convincing drunk. I buy that he is a creep, but I do not really buy that he is drunk. <laughs> he seems he seems like um, I I definitely uh, didn't believe it. Um, I think that's hard for actors to play. I think that's like a tough thing, especially when it's going to be for one two minute scene. It's not like you're like yeah. creating a character that you have to like play for seasons. So I guess I get that, but yeah, it, it was a little bit just like the the on top of all the other stuff going on in the scene, just the the feeling that she's tucking in a completely sober man into his bed uh, was uh, yeah. also giving it a, uh, some weird vibes. Very true. She, after the explosion, goes to a diner, and lo and behold, the waitress, Diane, mm-hmm. um, ends up being her mom. Um, Kate asks for a beer and Diane gives her coffee instead. As she pours the coffee, Kate asks her what happened to her wrist. And Diane gives her a flimsy excuse, which Kate just immediately tells her to stop. Uh, She doesn't want to hear it. Her mom says... I will say... Yeah. Oh, I just... I was going to say, I... It it does the thing where she orders a beer and then... uh, She's like, oh, let me see some ID. And then Kate's like, I'm 24, Mom. And, like, we have seen Diane already up to this point. But the last time we Mm. saw her, she was in a hospital bed looking, like, absolutely ragged. Um, So I I know for sure the first time I watched this, I did not recognize her. And that reveal did work on me. I didn't recognize her at all either. Yeah. Yeah. That worked on me, too. Diane says, uh, you know, I made my bed, Catherine. And Kate replies, your bed's gone. Um, mm-hmm. so the house she blew up was Diane's, her mom's, to get her away from her stepdad, Wayne, and mm-hmm. Kate took an insurance policy out in Diane, Diane's name beforehand. Um, Diane asks her if Wayne knows about the insurance policy, and Kate doesn't answer her. She gets really cagey. Uh, she tells her that she has to go. Diane asks her, what did you do with more and more urgency? As Kate walks out the door. Yeah. Kate really uh, misjudging here. Um, Mm -hmm. I gotta say, maybe if you know that your mom is going to make excuses for him, maybe she's for sure the one that you gotta trick with this, uh, like, gas leak. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe she just wanted to get the credit of, you know, Helping her mom out or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But that's psycho behavior. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's, I don't know that it's supposed to read like that, but it, that's how, that's kind of the way it would have to be read for her to like, it just makes no sense that she would go tell her mom right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially knowing, I think, because I think the next time that they see each other in the hospital is the next time they see each other. Like, I don't think that she sees her mom again. I think she said that she hadn't seen her since this time. So this was the last time she saw her mom. Um, And it was right before her mom betrayed her. Wow. But yeah, so back at the hatch, um, Jack is taking care of Sawyer and Kate comes in. She's obviously, you know, pretty uh, spooked about the horse, but kind of lies to Jack when he asks if she's okay, saying she's just tired. And then she offers to watch Sawyer so that Jack can go to the funeral. Just continually lies about being okay. 
Echo, Anna Lucia is like pounding a stick into the ground, a stake to make a tent, I guess. And Echo comes up to, t- to let her know that he's going to go to the funeral as well. He kind of tells her, you know, like, hey, I think most people here realize that it was an accident. I, I like this scene on its own. I do wish that this episode had maybe showed something so that we could have either gotten a confirmation of Anna Lucia is, like, like the other people there don't like Anna Lucia, or it's all in her head. I would have liked yeah. to see it one way or another, because we just don't see anybody else interact with her. We don't really see the fallout of what happened at all. It, it would have just been nice to see some scene of her, you know, going to fill up her water bottle and either being shunned or feeling like she was, even though she wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the funeral, which this is what I think. I think instead of the horse being a full ripoff of Twin Peaks, this funeral should have been exactly like mm-hmm. Laura Palmer's uh, yes. funeral in Twin Peaks instead. Um, Would you know, John Saeed Locke have and... gone full Bobby, do you think? Yes, 100%. John Locke and Saeed would have gotten in a fist fight. Uh, <laughs> Jack breaking them up. Yeah, uh, would have been uh, would have been pretty good. Um, I do like that Saeed dresses up for it by wearing a polo instead of a tank top. Uh, I don't know why that just makes me laugh where you're like, yeah, I gotta go formal for this funeral for the woman mm-hmm. I love, so I guess I'll put on a collar. Does he look thin to you? I feel like he lost weight. Like he might have. The first season, he was so beefy. And mm-hmm. he looks like he maybe lost weight. Yeah, it's possible that he was, like, really going at it to, uh, you know, because he was on this, like, hit show. But then now, maybe he is more comfortable and he doesn't feel like he has to go insane with that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. That's true. Um, or, you know, maybe other stuff. I know, I think... A lot of people actually lost weight on the island just because it was one of those things where it's like it wasn't like they were like like they were shooting in Hawaii, but they weren't in a situation where they were like able to like go out partying every night necessarily the way that Mm -hmm. if they were shooting in L.A. or something like that. Um, Like I know that they had to specifically tell Jorge Garcia not to lose weight because he was just naturally losing weight and they wanted him to be consistent between uh, the way he looked in the flashbacks um they didn't want him to be skinnier in the flashbacks which we've talked about on the show and that is obviously uh insane and i think Mm -hmm. probably they wouldn't do it today as well but um at least i hope so uh but yeah um saeed has a uh i wrote down monologue but that's not right what's what's the word for this at the funeral uh eulogy Oh, yeah, he gives a eulogy you uh, for Shannon. as Derek uh, Zoolander would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, he gives a, a you googly about how uh, they only would have met because of this plane crash and they would never have even talked to each other. I think on its own is a good eulogy. I think that maybe you do got to recognize like the reason for that is that Shannon would not have spoken to you, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, it's not like you would have avoided her as well. Um, and in fact, you didn't avoid her and asked her to watch your bag in the funeral or in the, mm-hmm. in the airport. Um, uh, yes. And then he ends the eulogy saying that he loved her, uh, and he's clearly extremely broken up. And then he takes off and then everyone does the, uh, put one handful of dirt on the, uh, coffin, or I guess in this case the tarp that she's wrapped up in. Mm-hmm. I wish that he would have talked a little bit more about how she had grown as a person. 
because nobody mm-hmm. knows that better than Saeed does. Well, I feel like this funeral really highlights how little Shannon had tying her to anybody else. Yeah. Um, like, once Boone died, uh, it, it was just Saeed. She had nobody else that she had any kind of interactions with, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess Locke could have been like, she tried to kill me in the rain once. Um, <laughs> but that's pretty much it. At the hatch, Kate puts on that song, the Walking After Midnight song by Pitsy Cline. Um, so we do get our Patsy Cline for the episode. I think it is every Kate episode so far has had it. So she mashes up some fruit for Sawyer and starts telling him about the horse. And then he whispers something that she can't hear. So she leans in and he grabs her and asks, why did you kill me? This is why I don't think it's Wayne, because Wayne would know, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like they, it's not like Wayne was, like, stupid. He was just abusive. Mm-hmm. Presumably, once you've abused someone's bomb, like, why did you kill me is um, maybe just an obvious question. Mm-hmm. Jack and Locke return to the hatch, and it Kate is gone. Uh, the alarm is beeping, and Sawyer is... Uh, uh, like, just on the ground, half out of the the bed, essentially. And Locke goes to enter the code, and I think it's so funny because he has, like, 24 seconds left. And obviously, you know, the TV show couldn't do, like, the thing where it's at five seconds and then it almost gets to one and then... Because they've already done that once, I think. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's the obvious drama move with this timer and they, I think, have to use it sparingly. Um, but what they do instead is just put it at, like, 24 seconds and make him take a long time to enter in the code. Yeah. Like, he <laughs> really so has funny. to think about, like, what are the numbers, even though they're written down, right? Like, uh, Yeah, so he enters the code, and um, we cut to Kate in the jungle having just fully abandoned the hatch. So, obviously, I mean, you know, Sawyer grabbing her like that would have really shaken her up, so it makes it's understandable here. Um, I don't understand why she left Sawyer, like, face down on the concrete, though. Yeah, maybe could have... Well, I mean, to be fair, I don't know if she's really lifting up Sawyer. That's I guess true. she probably could. He's pretty, uh... He's a pretty big guy, though. Yeah, he Like, is. later on, when she's, when she's like, supporting him, uh, like, to carry him, because he's, like, he wants to go see outside the hatch or whatever, and he's, like, just, like... It, it looks, like, two feet taller than her. Mm-hmm. Like, her supporting, like, they're, physically it just wouldn't even work. <laughs> Charlie catches up with her in the jungle, asking why she wasn't at the funeral and just kind of generally bothering her. Um, is Charlie looking for a new island girlfriend? I don't. Yeah, is is Claire Claire starting to catch wise to him? Yeah, that's. I mean, again, this similar to last episode with the golf. This feels like a scene that was written because um, they wanted to have screen time together. Yeah. But yeah, Charlie. Uh, tries to talk to her, but she's not paying any attention. And then she asks him about the horse, uh, about whether or not he's ever seen a horse on the island. And he says, well, no, I've seen polar bears and monsters, but no horses. And so she takes off again. I will say, I think what you should maybe say is, have you seen a horse? And also, I haven't seen any, but it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Yeah, those are the like only either two of those answers. Two, yeah, I don't think like, no, I haven't. There wouldn't ever be a horse on the island. Like, that's such a wild thing to to say. <laughs> it is Charlie, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, our second flashback is uh, Kate buying a ticket to Tallahassee. Somebody behind her overhears her buying the ticket and tries to strike up a conversation. He says, 
what is a pretty girl like you going to do in Tallahassee? And she mm-hmm. turns around to answer him, and it's the marshal. Um, she turns back to the ticket agent, and the marshal keeps, like, egging her. He asks, don't I know you? And this makes Kate really suspicious. Uh, she looks around at her surroundings and realizes that there are a couple people watching her. Um, so she grabs her ticket and tries to leave as fast as she can but the marshal grabs her and tells her not to run they begin fighting um but kate loses she ends up getting arrested um she says that she didn't do anything and then the marshal says that she did and that her mom was the one who gave her up yeah the, I, so this scene is very funny to me because like up until this point I'm trying to think. The only thing we really saw with the marshal was like we barely saw him in her fla- in her first flashback episode. Mm-hmm. We saw him dying on the island, and then we saw him in the airport where he's like doing the like tell them why I need all these guns, Kate. The implication up until this point, I would say, has been like he was a law enforcement officer that like clearly got like obsessed with her and like wanting to track her down. Um, or just that they, not even obsessed with her, but just that they have a cat and mouse game Mm -hmm. and he, he has a familiarity with her. Or at least that to me is what would have excused how like weirdly unprofessional he is. But he is, um, like that from the start. This is them meeting and he, um, is super unprofessional. (laughs) Like just, just like way too into it and way too wanting to catch her and like be mean to her and tell her that her mom turned her in. Something that you would not want to say. Right. Um, you would actually definitely not say that to someone you were arresting. You would want to withhold that until you question them. No, oh, he's obsessed with her, like, even before they meet. It's really weird. It's uh, uh, just funny. I like it. <laughs> it makes me wish that we got more of the Marshall. Mm-hmm. Just because I think he would have been fun to have on the island a little bit. Back at the hatch, we get Locke using some bolt cutters to take off Jin's uh, handcuff that's been on him since episode 5 or 6 or whatever that was. Michael is inspecting the hatch and talks about how there's blast doors on it. But So it seems like in between the room with the computer and the rest of the hatch, there's a blast door uh, that'll come down. Um, but Locke had no idea because obviously Desmond didn't say anything and maybe didn't even know about it. Um, Locke mentions the movie that uh, Desmond showed him and shows it to Michael and Echo is also there and would like to view it. Jack finally catches up to Kate, um, trying to figure out like what's going on, and she blows up on him, says that she's... Um, she's so, in this episode, she has to talk about how sorry she is probably like 10 or 12 times over the course of the episode, and it makes it so apparent that she is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, she in this scene in particular because she's just so emotional I'm sorry I'm not perfect I'm sorry I'm not as good as you <laughs> um, but yeah she uh, she basically says exactly that um, she's clearly I mean the insane self-hatred she has from finding out that Wayne is actually her father is permeating here mm-hmm he grabs her. I mean, this scene is also very tonally weird as well, because he, she tries to get away, and then he grabs her, and then finally she just breaks down in his, in his arms. Um, and then um, he tries to calm her down, and uh, she kisses him. 
Uh, I'm trying to think. This is their first kiss, right? This is their first kiss. Um, what a magical moment. <laughs> <laughs> and Sawyer, Sawyer's, of course, was uh, like episode seven when he coerced it from her. So really just uh, she's doing great on the island, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, she runs into the jungle again, but this time he doesn't follow. I guess because he's so dumbstruck at having been kissed. Mm-hmm. We see Michael and Echo after watching the movie. Uh, Michael says... I, Michael has a line that's, I think, kind of supposed to be like the audience stuff that they've heard up until this point. Of like, yeah, I don't really understand. It didn't actually explain anything. Um, and then he asks about the splices. And Locke says that he doesn't think that they're important. And then he asks what Echo thinks, and Echo doesn't answer and then just walks off without saying a word. Which is fun in a TV show. It is very funny to think about, like, they are all still in that little hatch together. So (laughs) he would just kind of have to, like, you know, slowly lumber his way out. Kate has made her way to Shannon's grave, and Saeed has come by to put a necklace over the cross on the grave. Um, He asks why she's not still with Sawyer, since she was watching him for the uh, funeral, and... She tells him that he, that she is going crazy and asks if he believes in ghosts. And so he tells her about seeing Walt, something that I think he still hasn't done to Michael and uh, probably should. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. My thing is that like they saw Walt and then it's kind of what killed Shannon. Yes. So like maybe he just doesn't, like what would it serve to tell Michael? For sure. Well, I mean, that was a big debate in the community, I remember, um, was was Walt trying to get Shannon killed? Hmm. Uh, because the whispers that he was giving out that were like the backwards talking was all saying, you know, like, don't run into the jungle, essentially. Mm-hmm. But he does, like, very deliberate, like, he leads her straight into getting shot. Yeah. Um, so it is, like, up in the air as to whether or not. But yeah. He's also completely stricken by grief, so it makes sense that he hasn't yet, but mm-hmm. um, he has now told Kate. Uh, for our third flashback, Kate is handcuffed with the marshal. They're driving mm-hmm. in the rain to her arraignment. Did I catch that right? I think that he's just taking her in. Okay, the, Like, this it. is still them take, him taking her in from catching her at the bus station. Okay. This is also our third lynch thing, by the way. Right. We get the, the, the highway at night, the mm-hmm. open highway. I don't know if they just... I, I can't remember if there was a shot where they straight up did Lost Highway, but it is um, uh, uh, there, at least, mm-hmm. <laughs> thematically. Yeah, positively Lynchian. Um, positively so, Lynchian. <laughs> the marshal asks her why she did it. Um, she has no records, straight-A student, only a couple of speeding tickets, goes on and on, um, and he wants to know why she acted out now. And mm-hmm. she stays silent, which is smart. I also don't mm-hmm. understand, like, why is she in the passenger seat? Like, why isn't, like... Yes, that's a great All of question. it just doesn't make any sense to me. But she stays silent, and he eggs her on, um, you know, talking about how a jury won't take her side. Uh, he claims to have which her all... Which is crazy, by the way. Yeah, it is crazy. It, I, I think a jury would definitely agree it was premeditated. I think that a jury would probably take her side. She's a very pretty white woman in the middle of Nebraska who would have been, you know, crying about her abusive father mm-hmm. up on the stand. It seems pretty likely that uh, that uh, they would have taken her side. Right, and would have sympathized with her, for sure. 
Um, he claims to have her all figured out, and he describes in way too much detail um, Kate's motive for committing the crime. So he says that her mom and dad divorce, and her mom marries Wayne, who is this total asshole drunk, and beats her up. Um, he also makes a comment about hearing them have sex, which, like... Yeah. This guy is just such a piece of work. Like, it even yeah. goes beyond being unprofessional. Like, I don't know what yeah. this guy's deal is. But he Feels then... like maybe he fantasizes about getting this kind of case all the time. Right. Uh, before this moment. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, he then asks if he ever tried to molest her. And, I mean, this guy is, like, doing his best to get under his skin and also i feel like the writers are maybe doing this so we don't have any sympathy for him too like yes so but we just i think, think they, like he's the total asshole well i think that that line was also put in so that she could deny it mm-hmm. and then that way there wouldn't be any kind of thing because it does i don't think wayne knew that he was her father right i don't think so but they so would have had they, to know each other right um, what do you mean? I don't know. Like, I just, I kind of felt like from their interaction that he didn't, it was maybe supposed to imply that they like didn't know each other all that well. And they would have, she would have grown up with him, right? I think, yeah, I think so. I think the thing was, was that they were, they wanted to make sure that it was like Kate did not have any... There's no, like, sexual abuse coming right. from uh, her own father. Mm-hmm. They didn't want that to be the whole, like, overarching theme. Uh, yeah, I think that's why they do that. But again, yeah, it does make the Marshall seem extremely titillated by this whole thing. Uh, right. He, uh, he doesn't come off great. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is weird, because all the other law enforcement on the show has been really top-notch, so... Yeah, <laughs> Annalicia... Mm-hmm. She was right there. Um, <laughs> so anyway, like they're just, he's really laying into her. It's very unprofessional. And mm-hmm. he, as he's trying to light a cigarette, they see a horse. I had to rewind this a couple of times because I was like, what is mm-hmm. this running in front of the car? But it's a horse uh, run no, across. Well, hold on. Yes. I think we should say it's a real horse. Mm-hmm. It's a for sure real horse, not a JPEG that got dragged across the screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not that. It is a real horse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it was a stuffed animal was what they said in the uh um in the commentary, but it it just yeah, it doesn't look great. But it, I mean, so what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to hit a horse with a car, right. so I, yeah. that's kind of what you got to do, I guess. Mhm. So th- they swerve, the car crashes, uh, Kate sees this as her opportunity to get away, and she steals the keys uh, to her handcuffs. As this is happening, they're kind of having a struggle back and forth, and she ends up kicking him out of the car, um, and then taking the car. And as she's backing up, she sees that it was a black horse that ran in front of him, um, mm-hmm. identical to the one that was on the island. Yeah. Um. This, to me, is cool because it makes Kate seem cool as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, she just immediately, like, she, up until this point, you do, you, it's implied throughout the show, right, that she's, like, this master criminal who's always on the run. And so, but, like, uh, 
now we're seeing like all that she's done crime wise up until this point has just been methodically kill her own father mm-hmm. so um the fact that she was like quick thinking enough to be like all right gotta kick the marshal grab his keys and then uh drive off in his own car is uh really great i will say too i think it's kind of funny that she <laughs> this is the second time now where there's been some kind of crash that's helped her yeah escape. that's true <laughs> like yeah yeah <laughs> That's funny. Well, maybe the horse crashed the plane. And we haven't really talked about that theory yet, but Mm -hmm. it's possible. We don't know who the co-pilot was. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe the... It's just the pilot looking over and it's the horse in the captain's hat and the the pilot uniform. (laughs) Yeah, so back in the hatch, Locke explains to Michael that the computer doesn't work or do anything if the alarm isn't going off. And then Echo is sitting at the little diner table, which I got to say do I do love that I uh have always thought that those would be cool to have in your own home. Mhm. Um that kind of like a diner booth type thing. I think that's such a neat looking thing. But anyways, he tells the story of King Josiah uh saying that he has something to show Locke and it talks about how Josiah wanted to rebuild the temples and so Uh, gave a bunch of gold for people to do it and then they came back with no gold but instead a book and that's what they were going to build the temple on and of course the book was the old testament um i had meant to research this and see if this is at all true or if this is another michelangelo situation yeah that was going to be my question for you if he knew yeah i should have done it and i totally forgot i think we could probably safely assume that that is not the case but maybe Mm -hmm. i guess it's possible um, I, there is the, a really good line. Echo's like, let me start at the beginning. And Locke's like, okay. And he's like, uh, back in the days of G before Jesus. And Locke's like, oh, wow, you really meant start mm-hmm. at the beginning. <laughs> um, it's very corny, but also, uh, Terry O'Quinn sells it. So it's funny. He shows Locke the Bible that they found at the other hatch. Um, and Locke is kind of skeptical, but he opens it up. He, or <laughs> what Echo says is, I think what you need is inside of it. Obviously trying to imply that, um, you know, he needs to read the Bible, but then he opens it up and it's been hollowed out and it has uh, more of the uh, uh, the film projector tape inside. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, I mean, maybe if you want to hide it, this is a good one to do it in. I don't know that I'd be hollowing out any Bibles to put stuff in. Like maybe I'd just pick a different book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you want to go, like, maximum symbolism, of course, Bible, probably pretty good, but otherwise... I'd bury um, it in the sand somewhere. Well, in the jungle too. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, what if somebody just wanted to read the Bible? Yeah. Um, uh, but you know what? These days, uh, in this, uh, uh, you know, all these uh, snowflakes and SJWs in the country, mm-hmm. probably nobody would want to read the Bible. So, um, <laughs> uh, Hurley comes up to Jack while Jack is chopping wood. And he makes a comment about how, like, hey, isn't it wild a Rose's husband turned out to be white? Which, insane that we got no Rose and Bernard this episode. Yeah. Um, and then second, I want to just read you guys something that is verbatim in the Wikipedia about this. It says, Hurley comments that he did not expect Rose's husband to be white before Jack quickly changes the subject. The producers felt it was important to address that they are an interracial couple and that Hurley was saying what the audience would be thinking. Caldwell, meaning L. Scott Caldwell, um, uh, agreed with them and thought it would be odd if the issue was not addressed. 
Uh, Anderson, meaning, oh, I don't know his first name, but the guy who plays Bernard, um, was also glad that Hurley brought up the issue and liked that Jack did not pay any attention. Um, we've talked on the show previously about how we like that they are an interracial couple, and it seems like that is that is outside the norm of what they would do in this kind of show at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's very clearly the case here, because they needed to, in the second episode, like make a comment about it mm-hmm. uh, after they're together. So just insane to think of how this stuff was in 2005. I know. I think about TV now, and it's like, you don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, because it, it, well, now it's it, like... If there was an all-white cast in a TV show, that would be a statement right. that the, the people making the show were making. Mm-hmm. I guess it's fine. The thing to me is, like, that is written like the producers are talking about it all proud of themselves for having done that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I guess you can be proud of that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I guess that's how progress grows. Like, they have even admitted to not, like, giving Harold Perrineau and his character with Michael, Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, any issues that would maybe face a a black man and his child on an island with, a bunch of white people. Like, so maybe it's their way of trying to, I don't know, be better, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that if the show was made now, that would not have even... This would not have even come up, so... Mm -hmm. I guess it, you know... um, not that we need to criticize them. I just think it's very... It's one of those things where it just makes you go like, oh, yeah, that's what TV used to be like. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, just a sign of the times, I guess. But yeah, after uh, Hurley says that, then he uh, he asks Jack if he's mad at Sawyer. And Jack says, why would I be mad at Sawyer, even though we as the audience know? Yeah, I mean, besides the fact that Jack is mad at everyone all, mm-hmm. all the time, he is mad at Sawyer specifically right now because... Sawyer's unconscious body is apparently more able to uh, mess with Kate than uh, than he would like. Hurley tells Jack about transference, um, and that's why Jack is out here chopping wood, because that's something Sawyer used to do. Uh, two things on this. I have no idea if that's real or if that is how it works. And also, what did Sawyer cut wood a lot? We saw him do it once, right? I mean, I guess that's all you really need to establish a pattern in a show like this, but... Didn't uh, he Sawyer. usually just, like, dig through dead bodies and yeah. lay it yeah. around <laughs> on the Jack beach? Jack should have been stealing a corpse's wallet yeah. if he wanted to be, you know, be using transference properly. <laughs> and then back at the hatch, Sun asks uh, Kate uh, to watch Sawyer, not knowing any of the stuff that happened previously. Seems like maybe Jack should have brought that up when he had Sun watch Sawyer, but mm-hmm. that's just me. Um, and Kate agrees. In our fourth flashback, Kate walks into an army recruitment office and sits down. Um, mm-hmm. it, she's visiting her dad. And yeah. he tells her that she shouldn't be there and wants to know why she is there. Um, so he's caught up with everything and knows that she's on the run. Um, Kate is there to confront him because she was making a scrapbook for her dad, which is very hard for me to imagine, but I mean, I'll just slide. She was making a scrapbook for her dad and then reached out to his CO for Mm -hmm. pictures of him. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. making a scrapbook for your dad and then reaching out to your dad's like manager 
and being like, oh, do you have any pictures of him? I just can't. The only thing I can think is that that they're friends together. Oh, okay, sure. Because otherwise, yeah, you're right. That would be so weird. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so she reaches out, reached out to him for pictures, and it turns out that he was in Korea when she would have been conceived, and it turns out that Wayne was her dad. Mm -hmm. Um, So she confronts him about this, and it starts to get a little loud. Other people in the office are turning around and noticing her. He says that he didn't tell her because he knew that she would kill him and that her mom loved Wayne. Um, He wanted to take her out of the situation and she asks why he didn't murder him. And he says that he doesn't have murder in his heart. Um, So I think this is where we can really say like all three of Kate's parents suck they're bad um, people really bad terrible really judgment. bad people i mean they all should be in therapy yeah um her dad is a military recruiter so like in terms of like human beings on the lower end uh, i would maybe even say rock bottom those mm-hmm. people are the absolute worst yeah um and then, uh, I mean, what this really the the scene should have started off with um, Kate's dad tricking a high schooler into doing something, um, and then gone into the rest of us. I think that would have been a little bit more realistic. Uh, did you notice Saeed on the TV, by the way? No, I didn't notice that at all. There's like a TV in the office, and it's playing like a grainy footage of Saeed being like shoved into a car, with like Uh-oh. it looks like he has his hands behind his back. Oh, interesting. No, I didn't notice that at all. I was yeah. too busy seeing all the daddy issues unfold. Yeah. I mean, this is this is rough. This makes you feel for Kate for sure. Like yeah. the, uh, her um, the the dad that she grew up with sucked. Her biological father, obviously a monster. Her mom, I mean, her mom was an abuse victim. Also turned her in immediately, mm-hmm. uh, which is truly wild. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out then, like, how this would have worked. So how would that have worked with her having two dads and then Diana's still with Wayne? But... Right. Yeah, I don't know. So, that part's really confusing to me. I think the idea is that Sam gets back. Um, him and Diane are still technically together, but she's been cheating on him with Wayne. Uh, they break up, but Sam keeps up the charade of being Kate's father, so that he doesn't, so that she doesn't have to have Wayne as her as her father. Mm, okay. Um, but and then, then knew from in there, his they're heart just a, that she was yeah. gonna kill. I mean, like, that's what? Yeah, true. Yeah, the the worst thing you could hear from a parent is yeah. you've got evil in you, and it's. I mean, already Kate is clearly struggling with how. You know how much she hates the part of her that came from Wayne, mm-hmm. and like to hear that from her uh, actual father, wild. Yeah, well, yeah, you do feel for Kate in this episode. Um, yeah. So he tells her that he's gonna have to call the authorities and let them know that she was there. Um, Kate asks for an hour, and he does end up giving it to her, and they hug. Mm-hmm. And she Which unfortunately out. makes him her best parent as well. Yeah. He's a real piece of work and he somehow manages to get to the top. Unfortunate. Right. 
And back at the hatch, Kate approaches Sawyer, and she calls him Wayne, which makes him stir a little bit. Uh, and tells him how she hates that he's a part of her. Um, and that she hates herself every time she is attracted to Sawyer because of how much Sawyer reminds her of Wayne. And at this point, Sawyer wakes up and has heard everything. And uh, he... I mean, this is a pretty good thing. It really helps keep track of... Because, you know, Sawyer's been unconscious for like four episodes now. Yeah. Um, And so uh, he wakes up and sees that they're in the hatch and, you know, asks if if he's saved... If they've been saved because he's never uh, seen the hatch uh, and he's laying in a bunk bed. When he says, like, who the hell is Wayne in that gravelly voice, like, oh, sorry, he's back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, we can finally get some more um, vaguely or explicitly racist insults. <laughs> it's been missing from the show and, uh, boy, can't wait to get him back. <laughs> it is good, though. I, I mean, I love Sawyer. He's a great character. It's kind of been a bummer that he's been shelved for this long. Yeah. Uh, Locke and Echo splice the video back together. Um, Locke says, wow, what They're are the odds? They're putting all their found... little fingerprints on it, though. Like, I know. That was I know. crazy to me. Like, what are you I mean, doing? what else are you going to do? You, That's true. I guess you, you, there might, if there's no gloves in the hatch, you're just kind of out of... Out of luck, but yes, I agree. It is like one of those things where you're just like, well, that's going to look real bad. <laughs> um, uh, Locke asks what the odds are uh, that, you know, that there would be a tape in this hatch and then Echo would be at the other side of the island and find that tape. And uh, Echo says, don't mistake coincidence for fate. I love that um, line. Mm-hmm. You put Locke in his place. Like, oh yeah amazing i mean i think Locke's starting to see it right like uh echo is like something special as well mm-hmm. kate takes sawyer outside uh and he's disheartened to see that they are still on the island and in the jungle um they sit down for a little bit I, this is again where he's she's carrying him or like she's like letting him lean on her and just i mean truly it's just so funny he's just so much bigger than her mm-hmm. um uh, they sit down outside and talk. They, you know, kind of flirt or whatever. She says he needs a haircut. And then he says, uh, you better let me back inside. Because he, uh, uh, he sees the horse. Kate sees it too, walks up to it and touches it. And Sawyer says, do you know that horse? And she says, yes. Back on the beach, Jack brings Anna Lucia some little bottles of tequila. Kind of like as a callback to the way that they met in an airport bar. I will say alcohol as a, uh way to sterilize things seems like it would be incredibly valuable and maybe maybe you just bring over some coconut juice or something or coconut water yes also like i'm I'm gonna edit out where i said coconut juice i can't i can't live with that being in the podcast i don't usually leave it in but that's fine (laughs) um also he would not remember her drink like that's crazy No. no yeah um, <laughs> uh, here's, uh, so this is where we get to, uh, the most insane line in this entire thing. And this is a, this has been a wild episode. Anna Lucia says, are you going to try to convince me that everyone here doesn't hate me? Uh, fair. That's what she should say in this instance. Jack says, only if you're going to try to convince me that every woman in the world's not crazy. Okay, dude. Mm. All right, whatever, man. Okay. I don't really know. It came out of nowhere. That feels like a the first part of a stand-up bit. 
just a very weird, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's also phrased really awkwardly. Like, I just read it verbatim. That was not me mangling right. the quote. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's up there, Jack. Uh, but anyways, they kind of bond on the beach. Um, weird that Jack, I guess, viewed getting kissed and then Kate taken off as like just a total rejection. So now he's going to Anna Lucia. They don't have any chemistry together, really. It's, I mean, I don't think Anna Lucia really has any chemistry with anyone. Maybe Echo. I think um, she has chemistry with Echo, but I don't think it's, yeah. like, sexy It's chemistry. not romantic. No. Yeah. yeah definitely not. Mm-mm. And um, I kind of think the same about Jack. Like, I don't know. Like, him and Kate were good in this episode, but... Jack and Kate can have chemistry, but a lot of times, for whatever episode that they're right, like, they just don't. They just don't, But, like, yeah. there's, there's certain parts where they do. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Michael is in the hatch. He's inspecting the computer. Uh, the footage that they splice into the video, all it says is don't use the computer for anything else, which I wanted to go back and watch it, and I didn't. But isn't that already kind of in the first time they watched the video as well? Yeah, it was a letdown. It was a huge letdown. Like, it's good that the the we didn't know about the other half of the tape up until this point, because mm-hmm. if that had been a mystery that we had been wondering about... Um, that would have sucked big time. Yeah. Um, uh, Michael hears a ding from the computer. Um, there's a message. It says, um, age, sex, location, question mark. (laughs) I was Uh, just going to ask you, did this remind you of like ASL, like AOL days? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, I know. It's so funny. I, here's the other thing that I think is so funny about this. It says, so it says, hello, Michael types in, Hello. Um, that's the, the prompt types in, who is this? And then Michael types in, this is Michael. Who is this? But when Michael does it, it cuts to him typing and he's doing like the, you've got mail thing, right? Like, isn't he kind of doing the like, oh, well, this is Michael. Let me just type that in real quick. Like, it's so totally weird. It like, this is a huge mystery. And Michael is just kind of being like, oh, the computer's interested in me. Well, well, all right. Yeah, this is Michael, computer. Um, if it were me, I would have been like, we were on the oceanic flight that <laughs> yeah. crashed. Like, please yes, save I'm us. We need to be rescued. Yes. <laughs> um, but he types in his name. He just says, this is Michael. I do think he also should have said, this is Michael Dawson. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just for this to really make sense. Because then the computer, uh, the message that pops up is dad, question mark. End of episode. Uh, yeah, so I guess implying that Walt is communicating with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a okay cliffhanger. Kind of comes out of left field. Like it's all established in the last like two minutes of the episode, really. Yeah. That Michael's messing around with this computer like this. But yeah, that's uh, that's what Kate did. Uh, it came in at number eighty six on IMDb, which is. Kind of low, in my opinion. I would have put it a little bit higher than that. I would have put it in, like, the 60s, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, halfway. Mark. Yeah. It's a good episode. It's it's There's nothing, like, insane about it. But, like, in terms of it land... Uh, I'm so sorry about this. It lands the plane in terms of uh, what Kate did. That could have been really disappointing. And it's not that she... It, there's no, like, real overarching mystery to it, but it's at least narratively satisfying. Yeah. So that's uh, that's good. What were 
are her episodes ranked as like up very until poor. This point? Okay. okay. I took a look actually at like the bottom forty, and a lot of Kate episodes are in there. She's okay. not well regarded, um, which is fair because a lot of times I think her, she and her episodes are not well written. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I like this episode though. I thought it was mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah, I, agree. I just want to recap really quick all uh-huh. of the Lynchian things that we saw in this okay. episode. So we saw mm-hmm. the random horse. Yes. Um, we saw Kate getting on her bike and going. Um, uh-huh. We had the diner where Kate's mom was Diane. And yep. Kate's daddy is basically shitty Major Briggs. Yes, 100%. And uh, we got the... Uh... The FBI agent who's uh, way too um, unprofessional. Yeah, exactly. uh, Obviously, in Twin Peaks, he's uh, on the good side. But, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess he's a U.S. Marshal, not an FBI agent. But still. Um, yeah, it does. And there wasn't anything about this anywhere, either, on, like, uh, the Wikipedia or anything like that. Like, So, I don't know. It might just be, like, a bunch of coincidences or somebody who is... Uh, was kind of like using the themes and not really realizing it, but it doesn't seem like it's ever really been called out explicitly. Her mom being named Diane and working in a diner felt like a little. Yes. Like although to be fair, odd. I guess she was she was Diane before this. That's true. Um, but I agree that she the diner thing feels like that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's some uh, Mulholland Drive stuff for sure. But uh, yeah, well, um. Next episode is the 23rd Psalm, uh, and it is a Mr. Echo episode. Yes! So, oh my extremely gosh. excited for I'm that. I'm so excited yeah. for that. I cannot, I cannot wait. I think um, he is becoming my favorite character on the show. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it. I, we'll talk about it, but I, okay. I agree. He rules. I love yeah. Mr. Echo. I love Adewale, uh, Agbeche, Akidnoye, if I am pronouncing that correctly. Uh, but yeah... Until then, give us a review. Five uh, stars. Yeah, five stars, please. Send us an email, allthebestpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at us, at allthebestpods on Twitter. Um, and uh, until next week, get lost. Get lost. Get lost.